0: Hello, welcome to Inside Independent Publishing. I'm your host, Christopher Locke, and I'm also the IBPA member liaison. All right. So for this podcast, we always try to pick topics that are the most helpful for indie publishers. So for this week, we're doing audiobooks. Now, audiobooks is one of those things we keep seeing articles. Everyone's talking about it. The booing market. It's amazing. And so a lot of indie publishers are like, I got to have an audiobook, right? Well, that's what we want to discuss today, how you can help make that decision. And we have the perfect person to talk to about this. Today's guest is a partner at Forte Business Consulting and the executive director of the Audio Publishers Association. Welcome, Michelle Cobb.
1: Thanks. Nice to be here.
0: Yeah. And I just really quickly want to say thank you for being an incredible speaker at IBPA Publishing University.
1: Oh, thanks. It's it's always good to be a part of the IBPA PubU. And you guys are a great crowd and always ask great questions. So I appreciate that.
0: Well, And that's actually why I brought that up. I just wanted compliments for our members <laughs> and for us. So thank you. <laughs> All right. So you're, I'm so excited to talk to you because you're like, you know everything about audiobooks, so I, I have all these questions, and it's great because I, I can ask you anything, and and I feel like you just know what you're talking about. Okay, so let's get started. Uh, so first off, I want to talk about just cost uh, for our IBPA and indie publishers in general. When they want to get an audiobook created, what, what types of costs are they looking at overall?
1: Sure. Well, the first thing that you have to think about is how long is your title? In the audiobook world, it's figured on per finished hour. It's about 9,200 words per finished hour. So, if your book is 92,000 words, that's 10 hours. So, most of the time when you're dealing with production, whether it's with a narrator or a production house, you'll be dealing with that amount per finished hour, which comes in a wide range of, you know, options. Uh, And then you'll multiply that times the expected length of your book to get a basic price. Now, you probably want to know... What's, what's the range? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, if you look on someplace like ACX, which is the audiobook creation exchange, or Find Voices, these are both do it yourself platforms and they offer ranges. So, you can spend as little as nothing up front and do what's called a royalty share, where you're basically saying to the narrator, I will split. Whatever the proceeds of this title are, with you for you know uh, the length of the contract, whatever that is, I think seven years. Um, and so you're agreeing to give them half the money that comes in. Now this is a choice because if you're paying for someone up front, you're not going to be splitting the proceeds with them forever. So if your book does well, you've paid them and then you keep the proceeds. And you know. A lot of well-established narrators will not necessarily do royalty share because if your book doesn't do well, then they've put in all that work and they get nothing. Mm. Um, So, there's there's different options where you can pay like a small amount per finished hour or you're giving them enough money, the narrator, enough money to pay their post-production. It's a really wide range if you're getting into a celebrity narrating your title at a production studio, you know, you can get it into hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it can go from nothing, (laughs) you know, way up. Um, And if you're interested in, kind of the range of narration, both ACX and Findaway Voices have bands of, you know, you can have 100 to 200 per finished hour, 200 300, 300 400. There's a range, and it depends on how much that narrator is paying their post-production house, or are they doing it themselves? Um, What their kind of hourly rate is, it can go all over the map. So if you're looking for a guide, taking a look at those two do-it-yourself sources can give you an idea. If you have no interest in sort of doing it in the do-it-yourself method, you can go to audiopub.org and go to the About tab and the Getting Started page. And there are a list of studios there in various locations. Each of those will quote you different prices on that per-finished hour basis depending on what your needs are. Do you need it cast? Do you just need it recorded? Is the author recording it? Do you need a director? So, there's lots of factors. It's not inexpensive to create an audiobook. And if you're paying nothing, you just might want to be careful in thinking about that. You know, is this person experienced enough to do a good job? Sometimes absolutely yes. Sometimes you know, they're not really. So you just have to weigh a lot of different factors as you think about how much you want to put into the production. Because if you don't put in enough, you might not get a good result.
0: Right? Yeah. So is there any kind of like general idea of like, I mean, you mentioned 100,000, which seems (laughs) that's kind of nuts. So I wasn't thinking at all like that. I was thinking more like, I don't know, 5000 or something. I mean, is there some general range where it's like you as a professional where you're like, okay, it's, and I know it's per hour. I'm just kind of looking to give people an idea of like if they're getting in the right pocket, you know, like because zero also agree. It feels like also not enough. So I'm I, i I'm kind of leaning more toward, I mean, at IBPA, we always do recommend people hire professionals in general, because especially like we also get people doing ebooks or something and they're like, hey, I created it myself. And then there's so many problems with it. And I'm like, yeah, I noticed. Uh, so is there any type of range that it's like average, if you will?
1: It's a really wide range yeah. depending on the narrator and whether or not you're using using a studio. So okay. you can definitely spend towards the lower end in that 300 per finished hour including the post production and you know at a professional studio you can be more in the 700 per finished hour range. So there's a lot in between there mm-hmm. as well and there's no real rule of thumb because it can depend on everything from I want to hire someone whose name I really know well to you know i'm willing to give a new person a try so it's a, it's hard to have a rule of thumb
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, i want publishers to get an idea of what their peers are doing so is like audiobook is that something that like just indie publishers are just is like are most of them doing it now or is it like like how, how common is it
1: it is quite common in 2019 the last year that we actually collected data, um, we're collecting the 2020 data right now, there were over 60,000 titles produced in audio. So this happens in a multitude of ways. First of all, you might just be as a publisher selling sub rights. So there's lots of publishers out there who just do audiobooks and they are looking for rights to acquire and for them to produce the audiobook, they're paying you a royalty, you're paying your author a royalty. Fairly standard, you don't have to do so much. Also, you don't have a long-term stake in that recording. So, pros and cons. Um, Then you could actually be doing the recording yourself. Again, multiple ways to do this. Hire a production studio. When you hire a production studio, they do a lot of the work for you. They know how to format it and send it off to the retailers. They know how to prep a script, all of those different bits. You could do it on a do-it-yourself platform where you are doing the casting directly and you are responsible for making sure that the, the title is formatted and gets uploaded to the various places. Or you could hire a narrator directly. You know someone who has recorded an audiobook that you like, you can contact them and they could do the production for you and provide you with that finished product for you to put up at the various retailers. Now... The good news and the bad news is there's lots more audiobook retailers, but there isn't necessarily standardization so if you as an audio as a print publisher want to get into audio, one of the things you'll have to think about is how are you going to distribute audiobooks are distributed much like ebooks via Onyx feeds, and so there's vendors like Firebrand and Ingram that can help you with that
0: yeah so on that note of the uh, publishers in general who's doing it like so like when you have like i guess the contract with an author i think i guess in advance you work out with them then if you're going to do an audiobook or how does that work like do you sell a certain amount of units and then you do an audiobook like what what's that look like
1: Every publisher is different. So what we're seeing now is much more standard is that when you acquire rights to a title as a publisher, you're also requiring that they give you the audio rights. Certainly the big publishers don't generally acquire books without acquiring the audio rights as part of the package. With smaller publishers, you might not acquire the audio rights um, that you might be using as an author, an agent, or yourself to sell those rights. Uh, But there's something that... They used to be isolated and kind of sold separately, and much more today, they're sold as a package. When a publisher acquires those rights, including audio rights, they don't necessarily record the audiobook. And so oftentimes an author, if there's not an audiobook done and they are interested, might go back to that publisher and say, hey, you haven't done an audio, can I get the rights back so I can do the audio? We're seeing a lot more of that as well.
0: Okay, interesting, yeah, so then there is there, there's like a dialogue then between the author and the public. okay, cool.
1: yeah, some sometimes and then you know you do have a lot of those titles that the audio rights are sold off to an independent audio publisher, so the author isn't necessarily um, involved in that production at all.
0: Mm, okay. Well, you had a, as I said, you talked at IBPA Publish University, and you had a really great section that was um, a real helpful kind of list of things that help publishers understand when they should invest in doing an audiobook. Uh, like the the genre, that stuff. And so I'd love for you to talk about that because that's kind of the heart of what I'm hoping to get to with this podcast.
1: Sure. Well, first of all, you do want to think about how well a title has done, right? So if you have a great backlist that continues to do really well in ebook and print book, that's when you want to look at that and say, hey, what are my bestsellers? I probably want to put those in audio. You also, at the same time, want to look at your front list. What are you investing in as a new title that you want to do a lot of marketing around? Having that available in audio, that's a good thing to do. We also encourage you, of course, to look at genre. Mysteries do really well in audio. Science fiction fantasy over indexes a bit in audio. So you want to consider that as you're determining whether or not to do a title. Then you also want to consider length. If your book is 55 hours, maybe you don't want to do that in audio. If your book is only going to be 45 minutes of audio, maybe you don't want to do that in audio. Um, Also, if there are a lot of charts, graphs, pictures, those are things that can make it more difficult to put together an audio version of a title. So, you want to look at that. We also encourage you, of course, to look at events uh, that are happening. Maybe you have a Backlist book on Obama, I think was the example I used the other day, you know, and hey, he's running again in 2024 because they changed the laws. So he's running for a third term. You've got this great Obama book, it's selling really well. Now's the time maybe to bring that out on audio. Maybe of an older title that's been picked up by Netflix and is going to be made into a film. Now's the time to look at doing that in audio. And if you're looking at uh, re-releases of something, you know, it's come out in hardcover a year ago, now it's coming out in paperback, that can be another time to say, hey, I'm going to try to look at that and do the audio. So there are lots of factors to consider, um, but those are the key ones.
0: And then also genre, right? Like, like there are certain genres that probably do better in audiobook and ones that maybe don't do so well. So what are some of those?
1: Mystery, suspense, thriller, always does well. Does well in print, does well in audio. Um, And certainly we see the science fiction fantasy. I often talk about those because people always say, yeah, I love the science fiction fantasy and audio. Why is that? First of all, they're long usually. So when you're buying on a $15 credit, that's a good value. And also I like science fiction fantasy better in audio because I have no idea how to pronounce all those crazy alien names or the you know, crazy creature names. So the narrator really helps me with that. Right. Uh, and you know, of course in a pandemic, what's gonna be popular? romance, (laughs) you know, things like that, that uh, romance always does well. Um, But I've certainly heard more people talking about how much romance they've listened to uh, since 20, you know, March of 2020.
0: (laughs) We can all use more romance in our lives, I guess.
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: Uh, So, um, and then are there any genres that you, you know, like, like I mentioned, like children's picture books, is that tough to do as like an audiobook? Do you have to also explain all the pictures or something? Or
1: So it's more complicated in that usually sound effects are used or maybe some additional interstitial narration, but you can create all of that. The good thing is a picture book is generally short. So it may be a little bit more complicated in the production and you want some original music, you want those sound effects, but also you're creating 10 minutes of audio and you might be doing it twice, once with the page turn sound and once without the page turn sound. So, I think children's audio is something that, uh, again, this last year, we've all been home. We've all wanted something to do with our kids. It's definitely um, gotten more attention, and I think that attention will stick. So, it's been about 10% of sales for as long as I can remember, but not that many titles have been done in children's audio, and suddenly... All of these companies are coming out of the woodwork and doing more children's audio. I wonder why that is
0: <laughs> to give people an idea of what they're going to look in terms of like the process um, so like can you just i don't want you to spend like two like an hour on every detail, but just kind of the general process and then maybe how long that takes from it's like you, first you have the manuscript and then right so first you have to have the recordable
1: manuscript as an independent audio publisher myself. I often get you know, an early copy of the book, which will have edits. So, that's something that I can give to a narrator or a production studio and say, hey, you can get a sense of the characters and all of that, but don't record this. And uh, I remember one, you know, narrator saying to me, oh, I got an early script and I recorded. And I was
0: like, (laughs) no,
1: I hope you have a good editor. And I think that narrator was very lucky in that there weren't a ton of of changes in the final script, but it's not something I recommend. So, when you get the final script, as a publisher, if you're producing the audio, you want to prep that script. So, creating an intro and an outro, creating some basics with the author, like, how do you pronounce these crazy names? Um, you know, are there certain characters? Is it not really said up front that this character is Scottish. We should probably let the narrator know that before they get through the recording. And even though the narrator's usually prepping and kind of reading it in advance, there can be hidden things that, that we would love some clues on. So once you have the script and you've done a little bit of prep work on it, and for nonfiction, there's generally a bit more prep, don't read the, you know, the bibliography, you know, here's how to handle this um, chart or graph, kind of reading around it as it were, or just leaving it out. Um, So, then you have to cast the title. So, this actually can be a really long piece of the process because maybe you are an audiobook narrator and I would love to have you read my title, but your schedule is booked up for three to six months. So, if I want you to read it, I'm going to have to wait until you have a hole in your schedule. So if I can get that script, prep it pretty quickly in you know, a couple of days, go through the casting process, and that might involve, you know, having the author choose a couple of different, or you know have a couple of different selections that they can choose from as to who the narrator will be, uh, and then sign up that narrator, that can take a couple of weeks right there. Then I send it off to the narrator or to the production studio to have it recorded. And of course, that'll be from the start date of when the book is provided and based on the length, how long it will take. If it's a very long book, it could take a couple of weeks to record. If it's four to six hours, it can usually be done in a couple of days. So we're building into the process, you know, time for the actual narration to happen. Then you're going to send the audiobook off to an editor, and oftentimes independent authors and publishers work with the narrator who provides that service. The one thing I would say to you is make sure that when they are providing that service, they have a second person helping with that. So it is less expensive if you have a narrator record and edit it, and it takes a little bit less long. However, the chances of mistakes are much higher. So I really like that second pair of ears. It takes a couple of weeks to really go through, listen to the whole title, provide that editing, and then provide a list of mistakes to the narrator. The narrator re-records those sections and it's edited all together. That's a couple of weeks right there. Then if you're being very thorough, you want someone to listen to the whole title And it is super boring. I totally admit this. I did a couple of these when I was on maternity leave when I worked for the BBC. They gave me the script, they gave me the recording, and I just listened to it, following every word with my eyes and noted where any issues were. Weird sound. You know, he said, he said instead of she said, whatever it is. So, people who love to do that, more power to you. It was not the job for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But that can take a couple of weeks. And then you have to prep it. You know, you have to get the master ready for the retailers. There can be internal metadata, tracking it correctly, um, all those technical things. Hopefully your editor can do all that for you or you have someone that can do the mastering process for you. And then you deliver. Depending on where you're delivering and how, it can take several weeks to, you know, several months to get the title up. So if you're trying to be simultaneous I say a minimum of 12 weeks in advance uh, of getting that manuscript to delivering it to the retailer, and it can take a little longer to get up. Uh, it's, there's a whole load of factors in there. But I usually think about a three-month time scale when I'm putting together a book that I want to release simultaneously with the print.
0: That sounds like it takes a decade. Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> no. That's a lot of work. All right. Uh, well, I mean, I guess people should understand then why it, you know costs money to do that because there's a lot of work that goes into it. So,
1: yeah, you know, just like you like an, as an author, you like to get paid, right? And um, as a publisher, oh, you we like get, to get paid, paid as authors.
0: Well, thank you for letting me know. I gotta.
1: <laughs> so too does the narrator and the editor, and you know the person who's doing the delivery. So there are a lot of hands on this. Um, if you are you know involving the right level of people to make sure all of the the pieces of the puzzle are taken care of.
0: And you brought up an important issue. So the idea of having the audiobook ready when the print and the ebook are ready, how important is that to have them all at the same time or is it not as important?
1: I think it's pretty important because, especially if you are the print publisher, why would you blow that opportunity to talk about the title in all its formats, right? It's a little bit different if I'm the print publisher and I've sold the rights off to someone else and they're focusing on the audiobook and I'm focusing on the print, so I might be less invested I encourage you to partner with your audio publisher to, you know, cross promote because ultimately what readers are thinking about is the title of the book, no offense to any of us, you know, they want what they want at that moment. Today I want to read it with my ears, to tomorrow I want to read it with my eyes. You know, I want to sync with, you know, bringing the text and audio together. So making it available all at once, especially if it's a bigger title for you, makes sense. If you miss that window, then, you know, looking for another key time to release it with the paperback, or you're going to do like a special promotion a few months later, finding another touchstone when to do the audio. I think that's um, important. Otherwise, you're just putting it out there and hoping it does well.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's just I know how overwhelming it is to get a book published, a print book. Yes. <laughs> so then to add this whole audiobook process, I mean, it you know oh, publishing a book's overwhelming. Oh, that's all I'm saying. Uh, clearly, um, okay.
1: Yes, but and you know it doesn't it doesn't mean you can't put off that release for a year. Yeah. It, you know it doesn't mean it's going to tank i'm just saying hey we're talking about it now let's let's all talk about it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and that's and i think some people have a bad habit of rushing to publish when they don't realize like how important it is to have all these things in place cuz you only get to publish it once so okay maybe you push your publication date later but you want to do it right so yeah, so thanks for that advice. Um, okay. So you mentioned about distribution. So I just was interested. Like, is that something like the indie publisher? Like you, do you publish uh, or do you post the audiobook to these various sites like Audible or something? Or like you hire like a someone else to do that?
1: So there's a couple ways to do it. On the do-it-yourself sites, you basically are uploading the files, the metadata, the cover art into a system, and they're distributing it to their network. In the case of ACX, that network is, you know, Audible and Amazon, that's that's their network. In the case of someone like Find Away Voices, it includes places like Overdrive, which is a library vendor, and international vendors like Storytel. And again, on the APA site, on that getting st- About Tab, Getting Started page, there's a whole list of companies that will distribute for you where they will take the title from you. You only have to deliver it to one place, and they will make sure it gets into their network. Those networks can range from only a couple places where they distribute to, to probably close to 40 or 50 now. So lots of different options. Okay. If you are a publisher that has an ebook pipeline and you're dealing with a vendor that's delivering your ebooks, the first thing I do to those publishers is say, does that vendor also deliver audio? then you can put your metadata up in one place. You have your different delivery venues. You have to add the audio and the artwork sized for audio, Uh, but that's an easy way to distribute it to all the different retailers. You just have to develop um, those relationships with the various retailers. And the difference between an aggregator like Findaway Voices or Big Happy Family, they take your title from one place and they've got the relationship with the retailer, or you have the relationship with the retailer, and you're paying someone to push it out through an electronic system for you.
0: All right. So I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about marketing. Um, I'm, you had a really great section in your your talk at IBP Publishing University about ways to entice people to you know want to get your audiobook. So can you talk about some of that? Sure. Of course. First of all. It's an audiobook, right? So you've got audio. So please use that. Um, you
1: can use it to sell the print book, the ebook, all of that. You basically have sound clips. You can create little videos with them. You can add that clip to your website. That clip is great on social media. That's an asset. So don't forget to use it. Um, you want to send out the audiobook for review. There's not a huge list of places to send to. Audiophile magazine, Booklist Library Journal, Book Riot. So you have you know a pretty closed cycle, you just have to figure out how to deliver that title to those places, usually an MP3 file through something like Dropbox or Hightail, pretty standard and straightforward. And uh, they can use it to review. You, of course, want to talk about it in your own circle. Uh, This is something we have to do whenever we release a book. Make sure that it's in our newsletter. Talk about all the formats, that we put it up on social. You know, Making sure that if you've already got a built-in audience, that you're tapping them to actually help you sell the book by letting them know about the book in all the different formats and encouraging them to talk about it for you. So those, I think, are the, the
0: key pieces there. This is something I then now with all this information that I was really interested in asking, just kind of your professional opinion, Um, because I started out saying, you know, everyone's talking about how it's such a booming market that audio books, you, you got to get into it. Right. So my concern is like indie publishers have a fixed budget. You know, I mean, they're not, you know, bazillionaires. Right. right. So. Audio books. I know that everyone's saying that they do well. So I'm just from, you know, like I wanted to see what your thoughts are like, because I'm concerned. I don't want people spending thousands of dollars and then, you know, they don't make their money back. So just, yes, it's a booming market. Like, it's like, like, I'm just interested in your feedback about like, yes, people should do this. Here's why they should. Like, what's what's the great benefit? You've got to do audiobooks. Well,
1: first of all, eight years of double-digit sales and, uh, you know, revenue growth, both units and revenue growth. So, this is the growing piece of the publishing market. It has been for a while. You're also reaching audiences that don't necessarily read with their eyes, and people are starting to come to audiobooks, you know, when they've listened to a podcast. It's like, ooh, there's other stuff out there that I want to listen to. Um Obviously, being mindful about what you do. So again, take a look at that backlist and say, what haven't I produced in audio? If it's selling really well in print and ebook, it's pretty certain that it will sell well in audio as well, as long as the production is good. So that can be a guide to say, hey, let me start with five or six of these titles that have been doing well for me in the backlist. And I'm not, you know, jumping into this with all of the money in the world, but I'm starting with a few titles. Plus I've got a couple of front lists that I'm expecting to do really well and I'm gonna put a lot of marketing money behind. Let's start with those. And really experimenting and testing things.
0: So before you spend the 100,000, j- do, do one and see what happens. Maybe don't get Brad Pitt to be your narrator the first time.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think he has done an audiobook too. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, maybe hey, maybe he's he's on the market. You could get him to do it. And maybe that'll maybe. sell a bunch. Um but yeah, I just cause again, my concern I want people to be successful. I want to set them up for success. I mean, you've given us such great information here. I was just concerned I don't want people to to, to go in the hole because they think oh my gosh, I must do this. Um, right. But I do know it's it's a successful market. Um, so w- look, I have so many questions for you. And crazy enough, <laughs> it's, okay. it's kind of, I know, but it's, we're actually, we don't normally do this for a half hour and we're kind of getting to that time. So I, I wanted to leave it open then for you. Is there anything like any common mistakes indie publishers make that you see when it comes to audiobooks, like kind of your words of wisdom to send us off?
1: Sure. Well, one of the things I would say is doing just one audiobook doesn't necessarily help help you because mm. it. It doesn't actually create a brand or, you know, you're not spending a lot of time talking about it. So if you're an indie publisher, one of the things that you might want to look at doing is selling some of your sub-rights on audio and using some of that money to fund some of your own productions. Then you get a sense of, okay, these are doing really well coming from somebody who's experienced in doing audio with that audio publisher. And this is how my stuff is doing. And does it make sense to kind of continue on that path of doing more? So use it as a way to experiment.
0: Well, that is good advice. Um, So, Look, I knew in talking to you, I mean, you, you're one of the, you're like the emperor of audiobooks. Like you just, <laughs> you, I knew that this was going to be helpful. That session that I watched, you know, it was an hour and a half, you know? So, and we're we're compacting this into a half hour. And, and we we even talked about some things you didn't there. So, there's so much in the audiobook world. And I just can't tell you how much I appreciate you for sharing your knowledge. Um, because it's so helpful to any publishers who, who it's... Everything that they spend money on, they have to think very hard about what that is. Um, But you've given us some great information here to help them make that decision. Um, and one thing I would say too, uh, so I'll, I'll have, to, I'll wrap up here. Um, so IBPA, if you want to visit the website is IBPA-online.org. And, uh, just, just throwing it out there, uh, there is the IBPA NetGalley program that does have a place where you can promote audiobooks. Um, so that's a, a, there are a lot of ways to get the word out about your audiobooks, and that is one of them. Um, Michelle, you are, again, I I cannot tell you how much I appreciate all this information. I had like 30 more questions. (laughs) We'll have to do like seven more sessions. Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. I'm, I'm always on board for a podcast. No problem.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again. And, uh, I I wish you all the best and I hope we have you back at IBP Publishing University because we were all the better for having you there.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, Florida in late April? Sure. Next year, why not?
0: (laughs) Why not? And thank you to all the listeners out there. Please uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, We have uh, one every month, the last Thursday of every month. We hope you'll listen to all of them. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful day.